Welcome back to another episode of the Tile Money Podcast. My name is Luke Miller, your host. And every week we're strengthening the tile industry with this podcast. We're doing that with our business education designed for contractors by contractors. The result, a stronger industry from the ground up, from the installer up, that is. (laughs) The only way you can strengthen something is by strengthening its weakest link. And for the tile industry, that happens to be the tile installation installer, the small business owner. So I'm very proud to be the host of the Tile Money Podcast and talking to people like Chris Pearson. Chris Pearson joined me on the podcast and shared his business insights, and I really enjoyed getting to know him better. He's a second-generation tile installer. You're really going to enjoy today's uh, today's discussion with Chris. He's a custom installer. You can check him out online. Rare Square is the name of his business. And uh, we, we, we dive into it pretty good and have a really friendly conversation that I really enjoyed. I know you're going to enjoy it. Before I let you uh, listen to that interview, though, I do want to give a shout out to our sponsor, HappyTileGuy.com. HappyTileGuy.com is where tile contractors are getting professionally done websites, search engine optimized, and these websites are assisting tilers to be found online. This is your online hub to where people can get to know you more. You can start to educate the the public and become the local expert for tile in your area. This will assist you when you're selling uh, high-end bathroom remodels, showers, backsplashes, whatever you're selling. Um, HappyTileGuy.com is your source for tile contractor websites. All right, without further ado, enjoy today's interview with Chris Pearson. Let's bring Chris on. Chris, what's shaking? How's it going, boss? It's going good. on the porch here in West Virginia. Nice, nice. Well, thanks for taking your time out here on this Friday evening to share your knowledge with the Tile Money uh, Tile tile friends around the world. We appreciate it. (laughs) Oh, it's no big deal. Uh, Got the day off a little early anyway. Uh, The countertop got pushed back, and a backsplash didn't happen. And, you know, uh, I don't need to grind... 70 hours a day, you know, every single day. So it took a long weekend. Nice, nice. Good for you. I appreciate it. Nice shirt. Oh, thank you. You noticed? <laughs> I was going to ask, where did you come up with this logo? I mean, it looks like a, a cattle logo, you know, one of those brands, branding. Uh, cattle me and the wife brainstormed for a long time over what to make the name. Um, probably a couple nights, maybe even three nights. And we finally came up with Rare Square. I wanted something that rhymed, something that was easy to remember, but also semi-described what I did for a living, right? So we kind of just came up with it. And uh, then we went to a tattoo artist. So these are copyrighted original designs. This and the, the wording on the back of my shirt is mm-hmm. uh, all original artwork, you know, and, and there it is. I like it. It worked. I like the R. I like the design, you know, and. Yeah, my local tattoo artist, so supporting local business. Yeah, I love that logo, my favorite. Yeah. We didn't put tile after it, you know, there was a reason for that. Okay. Uh, I didn't want my name to say Rare Square Tile or Rare Square Stone. I just wanted it to be Rare Square. Sort of like, if you find me, then you find me. Like a secret club. I know it sounds ridiculous, but that was the whole premise on why it doesn't say tile or anything like that after my name. So. I love it. That's a. I mean, we haven't even started the interview yet, and you're already dropping bombs, man. That is a, a branding genius, and I'm not. I'm not just blowing smoke. I mean, to be honest, that's what a brand is all about. A brand, it doesn't matter really 
you know, and, and I applaud you for stepping outside of the norm, right? Because most of us, including myself, like to play it safe. My business name, my business name, Miller, Tile and Stone. I mean, so safe. But when there's a, when there's a thousand, you know, bananas out there, you got to be the pineapple if you want, if you want to get picked up. There you go. No, I agree. Insane. You know what I mean? You got to, you got to be something different. And the fact of the matter is you're betting on yourself this way. You're betting that the impact you're going to have with your tile installations is going to be so much that they're going to remember rare square because of, you know, not just another tile guy, but Chris Pearson, Rare Square, the brand. It's rare, you know. Um, that is 100%, man. And a lot of my stuff, okay, well, I'm kind of lucky. I quit working for the GC, but I still sub off, you know, because it's all high-end work, but I just wasn't getting paid enough, you know, and I felt the time was time. It was time to step it up. Mm-hmm. So we've got the license, which is fairly easier than California, obviously. And then uh, this, you know, submitted a two-week notice and the and the bid on the first shower that I was already working on at the same time. And, and through her, uh, we we work on high-end clients, like most of us want to do all the time. Um, and they help grow the brand a lot. She's helped grow the brand a lot. So uh, their company, you know. Yeah, I'm really appreciative to it. I like it. I'm, I'm booked until next year. Nice. You know? 50%, 60% or more is through that same GC, which has no right problem writing the checks. Here we are. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, listen, uh, let's do a proper introduction for people who don't know you and kind of your history. Give us the 10,000-foot overview. And I know you're, you're second generation. Maybe you can touch on that and then, you know, kind of uh, tell us where you're at in the country and, and what you specialize in. I mean, obviously tile, you know, but go ahead and give us, give us the 10,000-foot overview. Please. Oh, absolutely. Uh, well, my name is Chris Pearson. I live in uh, Worthington, West Virginia. The closest major city to me is probably Morgantown, West Virginia, which is where WVU is out of, West Virginia University. I'm sure you guys have seen the Mountaineers, sports followers. So I'm about 40 minutes south of there. I service the Tri-City area. I try to stay within uh, Morgantown, Fairmont, Clarksburg. It's a three-city area here. Um, there's lots of high-end here. Lots of people like to retire here. WVU is a medical hospital. There's lots of uh, doctors. There's lots of nurses, uh, you know, RNs, you name it. There's plenty of people to support the luxury tile industry around here. So uh, I I like where I'm at. And then I learned from my dad. I've been in business about two months over three years. So I'm just over three years now, personally. I've been in trade since I was around 14, I'd say. Uh, My father, who's in a lot of the groups, so you guys know him, Steve. Um, he taught me everything from a young age. We did lots of carpet in the back in the day. He was a carpet guy, but we also did lots of vinyl tile. We did ceramic tile, nothing like we do today. It was obviously a lot smaller. You know, there was no 12, there were no 12 by 24s back then. Right. Um, and uh, what else? Uh, he's still around, still doing carpentry. Um, uh, eventually I broke into the market getting back into the trades when I was about 22 after a short stint as a line cook, um, which is kind of fun for a couple of years in my early twenties. I was being lazy. I'd worked in the trades, you know, my whole teams and I was even subcontracting carpet jobs off of my father. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was 19, he was sending me out to do commercial glue down, mm-hmm. you know, with teams and whatever, but I quit. I said, I'm sick of this. I'm going to do something else with my friends. 
but I got back in at about 23, 24 and have been back ever since hopping from job to job, making, I think eight fifty an hour at one time when I was 29 years old, Just making eight fifty going back into the trade, you know, that's no money at all. And, uh, just kind of built up from there, became the resident tile guy in the first shop, quit there and found uh, the GC I work for a lot now and uh, worked on being the lead tile guy there. And then over the years, it just progressed to starting the business and, and moving on. I really like super custom showers. which are probably my most favorite thing to do. And gotten to the point where the harder, the better. It's taxing on my brain, but at the same time, I, I like a challenge. And the cookie cutter gets old. I just, I just can't do cookie cutter floors for six months straight, like some commercial guys. But I applaud guys making money from that. It's not that it's bad. It's just not for me. And I like to specialize and do the, the hardest stuff I can. Nice. We're working on getting some mud walls in. I haven't done any yet. I do mud most of my shower pans now, but uh, I haven't been brave enough. Maybe after this year's mud. I, I'm already booked up, so I'll see you guys there for sure. But, awesome. Um, awesome. Uh, yeah, we had a good a good time at Mud last year, but I didn't see you getting in the mix much, Chris. No, I just I don't remember. <laughs> I don't, uh, you're not lying. You know, I don't remember. I, don't I, went remember. The, I went to the Ardex training uh, the first day uh-huh. uh, with a couple other guys. So we spent the whole day, and that's when Ron Nash and everybody was pulling walls. And I said, man, I feel like I missed out a lot. I learned a lot, you know, but I also felt like I missed out on some stuff. So I think I'm going to forego any any trainings this year, so I can spend uh, the whole time on the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing with the playing with the mud, mm-hmm. so I can't wait to go. It's going to be a good time. Good to see you, Richard. Hope well, looking forward to seeing you too at mud. I hope so. Um, hey, Chris, real quick, we're going to take a, a pause here. Now we were chatting a few minutes before we started, and the sound was crystal clear. And then I I, I did the intro. Did you change something? I did. Let me. All right. Um, now I can't hear you at all. Just I think what you got to do probably is turn your Bluetooth off. And and I was talking to Chris, and uh, I was really the sound was great uh, when we first started. And it's it's how about now, Luke? Yeah, I like that better. That better. I think so. Okay. And the audience like will go by. You might hear some loud traffic. We live uh, on a windy road in the country, yeah. and guys love to drag their Harleys up. So oh, but I, I, I thought maybe the headphones would work, but I think they're just junk. I think this is a little better for me, at least. I hope it is for the audience. But I'm, 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 I'm picking you up pretty clear, and then I can hear the birds a little better too, which is nice. Good, excellent. Yeah, yeah. So, do, so do you do? So now you, you're just doing high end, um, custom tile work, right? No more, no more anything else, right? Or do you? Most of the time, I don't even demo. Truthfully, I don't even like demoing, and. And people don't want to pay me. I'm not a cheap guy. I'm not cheap in the demolition either because I have to haul off the trash and pay guys. And yeah. and so I guess I'm kind of a pansy on that side. <laughs> if I can get out of doing demo, I'm going to get out of doing the demo, okay? Uh, but I'm a licensed plumber also, so okay. Rare Square clients uh, that comes directly through me, if they want me to include the plumbing, which it goes for setting tubs, running all the plumb, I can sweat copper, you know, you name it run packs, all the things, and I'm licensed in my state too. So I can do the whole remodel, sands, drywall, and painting, which some guys might laugh at, but I cannot stand to do drywall. I hate it. I don't want to learn it. I don't like painting either, and I tell my clients right off the hand, I know a really good drywall guy, 
I know a really good painter, and I know a really good hardwood floor guy too. Yeah. And so I'll give you their numbers. We can cooperate. And but basically, I, I like doing only tile, and that's that's what we do all nice. the time, nice. every week. Well, don't so. feel bad about that. I mean, what you've done is you've niched down so hard. You know, and you're just being loyal to your brand. You know, you're a rare square. You don't want to do no demo. You don't want to do, you know, anything. Because- it helps me stay on top of my game. I yeah. can practice more methods. Yeah. I get better at what I'm doing. I could try new things. And, you know, I don't have to worry about going to lay a hardwood floor next year, week, or or LV, LVT or whatever. But I can see that. So you're you're a specialist. Now, do you work alone or do you have help? I have an apprentice. He's 23 when I can get him to come to work. Um, uh, he's about the fifth guy I've been through in three years. Uh-huh. Um, but he shows the most promise. He's actually fairly talented. I've had him set a backsplash on his own, a linear glass and stone one. Uh-huh. Worked out really nice. Looked pretty. There was a couple mistakes. I let him make them. Uh, there weren't mistakes that a client would notice, but they mistakes. there were mistakes that I noticed immediately. Uh-huh. You know, and... Uh, and when we come back to grout, he started grouting, and, and it was messed up. Then I said, look right there. Look right there. I said, now, if the client notices that, you're tearing that off of the wall. Not that it was super subpar. It's well within. But, you know, we have, sure. to let them, we have to let them work. How will they learn? Yeah. yeah. He's better at grouting than I am, I think, at this point, because <laughs> I make him grout everything. So, <laughs> That's But he's a good kid. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I hope he works out. I like training somebody new in our – Trade. There's nobody around here. There's nobody to do it. I, I can't do all the work. Mm. If anybody wants to come sub off me, I've got crap loads of jobs. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. Look at the beauty. I mean, it looks beautiful over there. I mean, I've never really spent much time over there, but I've yeah, been wanting to come up. This is just the front porch. We're on about 53 acres that goes all the way up the back hill. So nice. We nice. have a nice piece out here, and it's about 20 minutes from the interstate, but it's worth the commute. I don't mind at all. Yeah. We have a privacy. Yeah. So you mentioned you you mentioned apprenticeships and training guys. Um, let's talk about about that a little bit. You know what is what is your preference for you know hiring and and then training? You know, are you looking for just that greenhorn young guy? Is that kind of your preference? From what I understand, that's hard. Um, uh, some of the really younger guys they can't read a tape measure to save their life, you know. Um, uh, and it's tough to teach some. Some guys get fractions, some don't. I try to teach them how to break it down, you know, where you're only dividing less than an inch, you know, and the, you keep it separate and then add it together. But uh, my apprentice now, his father passed a while back, which is sad when he was in his teens, younger teens, but his father was also a do-everything-himself kind of a guy. He was a carpenter guy. He worked on vehicles. You'll hear, you might even hear his air compressor across the street. My, my helper lives right across the street. He's a neighbor. <laughs> So, um, so he already had an affiliation with tools, sure. but he didn't really have a lot of knowledge in what I do and in, in setting tile and the methods. So it was really, it's really nice that way. Him already knowing how to handle a tool affiliated, he knows how to cut things and, and I'm just honing the skill mm-hmm. as you would. But I guess I kind of got lucky there him yeah. being a younger guy that already had some experience with his father. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that's 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 really good. Now you mentioned he misses a lot of work and stuff like that. I mean, he's fifteen minutes late in his driveway when I pick him up. Yeah, <laughs> and I pick him up. <laughs> Come on, man, let's go. It's time yeah. to get to the job site. Yeah. You know, we're late. We got work to do. 
Well, I guess if he's consistent, that's one thing. He's been speeding us up. So he said that once a month or two ago, and I said, don't zip it, buddy, because he's like, you know, I was late, but uh, we still got all that work done in six hours, and you said you wanted that done in eight. And I was like, I just <laughs> in the glare, you know, zip it, buddy, or we're staying overtime, you know, yeah. <laughs> or until nine o'clock. But yeah. yeah, he's a good kid. And I guess I'm planning. I'm trying to enroll him in a program, and these programs are across the United States. My wife's a one-stop director for a Human Resource Development Foundation, and through them, you can get grants, uh, and you can actually have the government pay your apprentice as long as they're on the books, the W two, and they will pay for so many hours of training mm-hmm. as apprenticeship, and then they will also after that end, they'll pay for OJT on the job training. Mm-hmm. You can get an apprentice or helper if you do your paperwork right for, you know, six or nine months for free. Yeah. You no been, matter what you're paying them, the government pays their salary. Yeah. So, What's the name of it again? Um, uh, you can look it up through uh, Workforce, mm-hmm. which is a fairly common name. If mm-hmm. you look in the Workforce Apprenticeship Programs, they're in every state. Every yep. state's different. Yep. Um, uh, and my, my wife runs half of the state here. Of, of uh, uh, She's a one-stop coordinator, so she brings everyone together. There are veterans programs that create jobs. There's workforce that creates jobs. All of these job creation uh, foundation members, uh, she controls and holds job job fairs for them. And so, but the money's there, you know, uh, if you take the time to do the paperwork. Yeah, workforce. Google workforce, guys, and like like Chris says. The money's there. You gotta do. You gotta put in the. You know, you're starting to remind me of uh, Aaron Albright. You know, uh, I, I think out of everybody I've interviewed, it's you and Aaron who have talked about this program or something similar to it. And I know it does take you know quite a bit of work up front, but it's like everything. It's like prepping a shower. You yeah. ru- you rush that, you're gonna fight the installation. You know, um, so you gotta you gotta understand that business is the same way. And some of these things, you're gonna have to. You're gonna feel. And, you know, I, I've, I experience this all the time because I've went from working with my hands to now working on this computer. And there's times on the computer when you just feel like you're moving so slow. And you probably are if you're not that used to it. And, and doing this type of office work, you know, filling out applications and forms and all this stuff. But Talk me crazy. You got to do it. <laughs> you got to do it. Or you got to pay someone to do it. Here we got That's one funny. that uh, we got a grant. On my goals Mich- list. What's your goals? Hire a bookkeeper. Okay. <laughs> it's right there on the list, man. I want somebody to follow these receipts, take care of it, look up my QuickBooks and do all of that. I don't want to do any of it. Yeah. I'd rather just focus on my, my work. Mm. So, the office work kind of takes away from being a business owner, but it's the necessary evil. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now we've got uh Mike Brown wants to talk to you later. He shared his email and then we got oh, a yeah, lot. Oh, yeah, give me a yeah, yeah. So we got people. My number's on the back of Luke's shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys, you guys, give me a call anytime, man. I'm always free. I talk to everybody, so you know, you guys hit me up. Right on. No, you I are like you. Yeah, you're always eager to help, and that's what I appreciate appreciate about you. Um, you know, in West Virginia, is 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 there a lot of you know custom work like you're doing, or it or are you kind of fighting for that work? Because or what what's the you know in your work area? What is what are the homes like? I guess is what I'm saying. There's I don't have to fight for my work. Okay, uh, if I do have to fight w- with it, it's all about. Well, lately it's been about scheduling. Mm-hmm. So before I even pre-qualify people on their budget, I pre-qualify them on scheduling anymore. Mm-hmm. At least for the last six months, uh, before I even ask them how much money they spend, I imagine okay, you found me. I'll ask them how they found me, first of all, 
if they say I typed your name into Google, okay, we might approach that a little bit differently mm-hmm. about budget and scheduling. If they found me through a reference, they already know that I'm not the cheapest guy. So the first question I ask them, what's your schedule? When mm-hmm. do you want this done? Are you willing to wait three to six months, depending on the size of your project? Because mm-hmm. I'm booked out six months on some large ones, really big ones. It's like I can't fit four or five weeks and pull it out of thin air. I, you know, this requires some advanced planning. So uh, there's there is a lot of high-end guys around here. There's a couple in the groups, not very many of us. I'm a, one of my buddies is uh, John Larry. He does pretty good work. He does good tile work. He's a local guy. We talk a lot. We haven't collaborated any. And uh, one of my friends actually quit the contractor I used to work for about the same time and started a GC business. And I've subbed some of the more difficult showers off him, and he's getting better at setting tile. And anytime he calls me with any question, I'm anybody. I'm more than happy to help. You know, anything that I know. I know I didn't grow up in California as a C54 pulling mud walls in the union because none of that is here. Right. <laughs> right. You know, so, but if I do have an answer or any kind of insight, I'm more than happy to help anybody. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's the beauty, the beautiful thing of, you know, the social media and, and podcasts and stuff is I think, you know, we're opening up people's eyes. You know, some people never leave the city they were born in and, and they get in arguments because they, you know, they're used to doing something one way. And, and they can't imagine that across the country, you can't do it that way. You know, it's not, it's, it's, it's not available or it's the wrong way, you know, because of climate or whatever, you know? Um, so there's a lot to take in and yeah, that's a good reminder. Like, you know, you're, I, I tell guys that all the time. Like I, I always grew up in areas. I mean, I think I grew up, I, I don't think I've ever been in, in a position to even work for a union. So people like union guys are like, why don't you work for a union? It's like, don't see one. You what know? union? <laughs> I know. It's right. <laughs> so like that, it's all, it's all, it's all, it's all like that. You know, it's across the board. Well, being that you're, you know, you have that six months backlog, you're one guy with one apprentice and, you know, six months plus backlog, it sounds like, do you have any scheduling conflicts coming up and, and issues with that? Like a lot of people with all these, you know, different material shortages and stuff. There are nothing but scheduling conflicts right oh, now. Oh, really? I just met with the uh, said GC this morning. Um, pick up a deposit and go over scheduling, and we've been held up on one job by a countertop not being installed in time. It was uh, I had four backsplashes back-to-back out of nowhere. It was just crazy. But this last one got held off for today because the tops aren't in. They won't go until next week. And then we're held up another week on a job that gets a custom 8-inch handmade hexagon tile on the floor and walls. So it's pretty crazy. But it's in a crazy old log cabin that's been built onto by, mm. you know, by the owners over many, many years. And uh, so they don't know what they're going to get into. So I have kind of a week break, a one week. So what's going to happen is I have a contract from January that pushed me for 10 weeks, two and a half months, right into all my other schedules, you wow. know, because I'm not booked out for a month. I've been wow. bu- I was, in January. I was booked until October. And so like, look, I can't get to your job till the fall now that it's been pushed 10 weeks. It wasn't all the client's fault. It was the handyman guy they hired to set the tubs and everything. Mm-hmm. It just kind of fell apart. Uh, it is what it is now. Sure. But they can either – I will either refund them or we'll fit their work in where we can. I have a week, so I'm going to call uh, later this evening or tomorrow and see if they still want to proceed. And if they do, then we'll spend a week over there. It's uh, two tub hops, two floors, and a laundry room floor. But it's all technical. Uh, 
One bath floor is penny to penny round. The mm-hmm. other bathroom is one inch uh, metro hex on the floors, and they're both subway tile surrounds uh, with integrated niches, and then a eight inch hexagon laundry floor. So, mm-hmm. if they're willing to wait, which I know it's, I know it's not totally their fault. The schedule got pushed for ten weeks, but it's not. It's definitely not mine, and I can't right. ask everyone else down the line right. to push all the schedules uh, three to four weeks ahead to complete this large job. It's not just an easy smack it in 12 or 24. These are some difficult jobs. I'm, pro- I'm going to pour the penny floor, probably, obviously, you know, and uh-huh. we'll see how it works out. But that's, uh, we can only go like two months now. And the GC is still like, well, we got like four bathrooms in the fall and into the winter. And I said, where are we going to fit those? I've got two more here. And what, so we're, we'll see what happens. Hopefully we stay busy forever. That's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tactic, but, that keeps the money coming in, right? Now, are you a seven days a week guy, or are you five days? No way, man. I don't work weekends. Nice. I, I won't. I, we don't take lunch breaks, though, and we don't mess around. Yeah. We get to the job site, it's work time. Yeah. And my apprentice, if he wants to take a lunch break, uh, it's more than welcome. Uh, like 90% of the industry, maybe a lot of you got higher-end guys do. I'm not going to pay a guy to sit around for 30 minutes, but I pay my apprentice very well. Mm-hmm. You no, know, he gets... Uh, uh, 15 an hour on average, but I give him bonuses every single week and mm-hmm. I buy lunch and I do a lot of other things for him. He's about to get a raise as soon as he can do just a little bit more of my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll bump him up some more and that's a good wage. I don't know what it's like around everywhere else, but in West Virginia, that's pretty decent. You know, um, I, the, I quit my job making 1650 at 30 years old or wow. at, uh, I'm sorry, at 39 years old, I Whoa. was making 1650 as the lead installer. So if that oh, tells you yeah. anything about what they pay tradesmen around here that aren't an electrician with their own business. Then. Yeah. 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 That's, that's wild stuff, man. And, um, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, like, like they say, the cost of living is probably a little bit lower than, you know, a lot of cities and stuff like that too. So it, it balances out. I'm sure, you know, maybe even it's mortgage rates are lower, but yeah. bills are a little higher. It's kind of strange. Okay. All but, right. Well, well, I like late though. Huh? <laughs> Lately, they've been going up a lot. <laughs> you know, everything has. We right. know about the inflation rates that are going on. Yeah, yeah. Where Where do people move from? Like, you know, like if you're in Oregon, you got all these Californians. Where are people? Are people coming into your state like that out of somewhere? No, I think we lose a lot more people here. We oh. don't. I, I don't know. We've been floating around, but I think generally we lose more residents than we gain. I think. Uh, I think people do come here where I've got a lot of Pennsylvania and Ohio plates I see floating around in West Virginia. Um, uh, but I think they'll come in the state to do work. Mm, come in and out. Um, yeah. All right. And then we have people that grew up here that moved away for work. And when they retire, they want to come back to West Virginia. It's very beautiful here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's a beautiful state to live. Uh, low natural disasters. Uh, we get floods in, in floodplains in the lowlands, but we're in the hills, so there's not hurricanes, there's not tornadoes, there, there's not huge floods that flood the whole cities. You know, that's just yeah. We kind of are a little bit protected in the yeah. mountains, which is nice. Yeah. Well, so, that- retirees move back here. I guess I should have said that would have been the short answer, right? <laughs> <laughs> And then we put in their tile showers. <laughs> yeah. Hey, not a bad deal. Not a bad deal. I mean, retirees have money, so that's good. So listen, I, I really like that advice that you gave, you know, just a minute ago. If guys, if, if your schedules get messed up, it's, it's not your client's fault, but it certainly isn't your fault. And you said that really well. 
and, and don't feel, you know, I feel like so many of us feel like we need to just bend over backwards and kill ourselves or kill our families, you know, steal our family's time even on the weekends and stuff. And, you know, you're of the mindset now where you're like, it's just not going to happen. You, you know, you, the schedule got messed up. There's nothing I can do. It's not fair to my other clients. We're going to put you on the end if you, if you don't, you know. And the fact of the matter is I imagine that they won't be able to find anybody else much sooner either. True. She asked me for recommendations and I said, I really don't have any. The uh, maybe one, maybe two guys I could recommend that would do a good job. Mm-hmm. They're also booked out eight to ten months like because uh, I know them personally. and I'm, yeah. I, I don't have anyone else to tell you. I kind of said good luck and. Mm-hmm. So I figure I'll be putting it in, and they're just going to have to wait a little extra. I hope it, they don't get too mad about it, but it's it's really not personal. It's business, yeah. you know, and uh, we'll fit them in where we can. I, I've stressed myself for so long, and mm-hmm. my father uh, told me, hey, uh, you know, don't read the story before it's written. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, take your time. You don't know what's going to happen next. Smart. Smart. I, that's some solid advice right there. And Steve – yeah, thank you, Steve, for that. Don't read the story before it is written. I like that, you know. Dad tells me that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll start tripping out. I call him about every day, and he'll say, son, <laughs> calm down. You're <laughs> you know. Like, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Stop flipping out. <laughs> yeah, well, that's years, years of life, right, teaching him that uh, things aren't always what they look like. It reminds me of a story I heard, you know, a, what do they call that, a um, – a parable, I guess, you know, of this guy who, you know, uh, something good happened. And then the old man said, was it really good? And then some time goes by and it, it turns out it wasn't that good. And then something bad happened to the kid. And, and the old man says, it looks bad, but let's wait and see. And then it turned out okay, you know, it turned out good. And so it's, it's the same thing, you know, the same principle, I guess. Is, and I, 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 that's a good reminder for me. That's a good reminder for me because I get in my head a lot, you know, just based on current circumstances. And I don't tend to think like, you know what? I've been in tough spots before and I'm still alive and I'm still fed. We're still making it somehow. Yeah. Something always happens. Yeah. yeah I love One it. of my friends told me, uh, I think it was Jimmy Gladney, uh, you know, manifestation. Yeah. Manifest your reality and it'll come true. We'll already see it, already see it happening for you, you know. So, Looks like and, Thomas Mendes is joining us on on YouTube here. I think. Uh, what's up, Tommy? Unless it's another sticks and stones, it <laughs> could be. It could be another sticks and stones. Um, let us know. I love I love Jimmy that he he's into the manifestation. You know, he talked about it at Mud. I was there with you when he talked. You know, he's probably told you a few times, but I appreciate Jimmy's advice there on manifestation and just being positive. You know, oh, it's Luke. Good to see you, brother. Sounds crazy, but. Uh... I told my wife about it. She wants a she wants a Jeep Wrangler. Oh, Lord help me. And, uh, and she was out with my daughter shopping a couple of days ago. And yeah. She said, "Me and your daughter are manifesting our Jeep." <laughs> oh, here we go. Uh, we know where it's going to manifest from. But uh, but yeah, I like that advice. I think it was really good advice. And I try to look at the positive outlook on things. I'm kind of an optimistic guy. I don't like being super negative, although I catch myself. Sure. But, you know. It's, better to be happy you know you don't know if it's your last day here so yeah you, you don't have to work every weekend dudes yeah you know to heck with that it's too much mm-hmm. too much and then i don't like my job anymore right right yeah how long can you work seven days a week before you get burnt out and say start that, hating it you're gonna hate and then it. you're gonna you know go back to being a, car, a carpet installer you know see something different we got this is a rare this is rare indeed 
we got both uh, sticks and stones owners here. Um, you know, two of them at least. We got uh, Luke and, and uh, Thomas. So <laughs> they can do to the death. They, they can do. <laughs> there's another rare square up in toronto you know i'm the only rare square in america Mm. in usa and uh and then i looked and about a year and a half after i started the business uh, somebody in toronto started a rare square tile but they Mm. put tile on the name and i said hey who are you what are you doing with my name (laughs) but it's okay man everybody's far apart so it's not like somebody's gonna I did have a guy from Canada call me. That's funny. That Sorry to change the subject. No, no, but, uh, change it. It was about a month ago. This gentleman calls me and starts asking me my timelines and everything, and that might be okay. And something. And after we talked for about 10 minutes, I have my earpiece in. I'm, I'm laying tile, obviously. And uh, he said something about – and I said, are you calling from Toronto, sir? Yeah. He's like, yeah, I thought that was weird. You had a West Virginia phone number, and I was like, ah, I said, you're trying to call the Toronto Rare Square, and you called. A loser up there. He said, you were first on the Google search. Nice, nice. There we go. So, I like it. I like that. That was funny. Yeah. Um, Tyler Hub joins us from YouTube. He says that he's to that point. He's burnt out. He doesn't even want to get up to go to work. I mean, that's a tough spot to be in. I think, I think everybody, everybody's been there, you know, business owners, especially. And it's, it it really is a scary spot to be in. Um, and there are times, you know, I always, I've told the story before, like when my wife got pregnant, I, I started working seven days a week for eight months, you know? I mean, there's times when my wife was, when my kids were young, I did too. Yeah. Because I would work the job all week and then side jobs on the Saturday, on yeah. Saturday, Sunday, every yeah. week. Yeah. And there are times in our life for that, but uh, we need to be careful not to fall into that pattern. In my opinion, we need to be careful because so many seven days a week and then six feels like you're lazy and then five feels like you're, you know, and, and then you get, in other words, you get to the point where you pass that, you, you actually will surpass that that block and you'll just start to think it's normal. And then if you work six, you're like, what am I doing? I should be out working. And then if you work yeah, five, you're really, lazy. Yeah. <laughs> you're really not, you know, we yeah. in our days in yeah. and, and we hammer straight through. We take a slight break here, there, and we do take snack breaks and we'll stand around and talk sometimes. So it's not like we're totally hammer mode hundred percent of the time, but, uh, but we work. We work our days, and the clients see that too. We come in, we're professional, we protect everything. Uh, protect the client's property is the number one and number two rules of Rare Square. And so whatever it takes, we protect everything viciously, and uh, we do a good job. We try to do our best work possible, and if something's messed up, we fix it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think it goes a long way now as a client. We're pretty friendly guys too, so I'll talk to clients and try to befriend them, and uh, find common interests is a big thing. You know, you always need to find a common interest, uh, uh, whatever it is, and stay away from religion and politics. <laughs> I mean, that's my, guess, my advice on that. That's great advice, man. That's great <laughs> advice. I'll take it. Now, yeah, Tyler asks, uh, you know, do you ever feel guilty taking days off? And we just discussed this, and I like what you said there, Chris. You said, listen, we slow down. Um, we, have, we, You know, we're not rushing the job. This allows us to... What was your number one and number two rule? This allows us to actually perform and and hit that rule. What was it again? Number one protect, and number two. Well, protect the client's property. Yeah. <laughs> so, so in other words, 
here Chris is, he's saying, I'm only going to work five days a week so that I don't get burned out. I don't, you know, I don't make so many mistakes. I'm, sl- I'm, I'm at a s- little bit slightly slower paced. And in the long run, what you find out is you're actually getting more done. If you can slow yourself down, typically it takes time to get to that rhythm. But if you slow yourself down, you get into a rhythm or rhythm, your, your job site's clean. The homeowner's place is clean. Everything's going good. And you get into that rhythm and you actually start producing, you know, like you said at the beginning, six hours of work and, and you were able to do what you thought you were going to do in eight because you can, yeah. you're not so burned out and beat down and your brain's not so full. And, and if you're running a, a business uh, and you don't have a bookkeeper like me, uh, I spend a lot of time with paperwork. I'm drawing up schematics and drawing plans and doing bids, I'm calling clients, um, making material lists out of catalogs. I'm I could use a bookkeeper to help me make some nice spreadsheets out and some other stuff, but uh, still doing it kind of old school. And then you have need time for a, you need you know you need time for a hobby. Mm-hmm. I know when your kids are really young, they're young, but you get older, you're in a business, you don't want to work seven days a week. I mean, I don't. You mm-hmm. guys can, but I just traded a trailer for a little camper up there, and I bought a fridge for it today, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, which is awesome. And the kids helped me clean it out Friday, and it's it's kind of beat up, but. It's a cool little camper, a little Dutchman or something with a couple little beds, and we're going to fix it up and, and camp in the backyard, maybe drag it in the woods by my Jeep or something. Nice. And take the weekends off. You have time to do fun stuff like that, you know, and let's ease a lot of that stress from the work week. It's, it's coming back, you know. We're <laughs> going to be there. We're going to be hammering nine hours on floors. And, Monday comes and, fast. <laughs> but I'm it, 45 it, almost, so yeah. I'm getting to the point. I don't want to work seven days a week. I'll be dead, man. I won't be able to move. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know, it's, it's, it's a mindset shift. It's, you gotta, you gotta shift your mindset into thinking I've got to work seven days a week to keep these clients happy to, you know what I got, I, I, I should only work 40 hours a week or whatever, because I've got to give them my all. I've got to, you're not going to do anybody any good, your wife, your family, your clients, your community. If you burn yourself out, and then you go do something else or you just end up dead or, you know, just, you know, lost or whatever, because you're burnt out. You, you don't, you can't fulfill your obligations. You can't fulfill your destiny to serve these people to the fullest extent possible. As business owner, it's our job to give our best to the client, you know, and, and by burning yourself out, that's taken away from it. So shift that mindset just a little bit there. Um, Tyler, and I think your guilt will start to get less and less and less. And then as you work less and as you work five, you know, start with six days a week and then five, you know, and, and, and just wean it down and you'll start to feel, you know, a lot better about that. And especially just work on your mindset a little bit there, I think is what you should do. You have something to look forward to the weekend's coming, you know, hooray, it's Friday night, you know, we can hang out and and party on or whatever you do for fun. And, and you can plan for your uh, Monday, and you can feel the dread that we all feel on Sunday <laughs> afternoon. Ah, <laughs> but uh, it's almost over. But yeah, don't steal I think that. We do better work working five days a week. We're really so. focused on the project when we're there. Uh, I think I'm not saying anybody can't have seven days a week focus either, but you know, hey, uh, I think after a time you're gonna, you maybe even you get to the point where you don't care as much about this minor detail or that minor detail you'll let maybe you'll let more stuff slide maybe you won't i can't describe everybody obviously but for me uh keeping it reasonable 40 to 50 hours a week uh five days we're done you know and Mm -hmm. see you on monday uh apprentice 
I like what Luke from Sticks and Stones says here. He's saying that you know he he basically doesn't show up to the job till ten a.m. because he wants to eat cereal breakfast with his two young daughters in the morning. Absolutely. And you know what? I mean, it's it's our it's our right to make you know as a business owner, you set your hours, right? Just because every other contractor hey, starts at seven. Says, Where's you know? Blair? Chris Pearson, <laughs> owner. Yeah, <laughs> not the owner. I'm the owner. Right, so, right. Within yeah. reason, you know, but sure. like your friend. Sure. But, you yeah. Know, yeah. Why not? Start yeah. at 10 o'clock, work till 6. You did eight hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damien, I love Florida, man. I really do. It's uh, it's really, you know, really cool down here. Uh, just, just this week, in fact, um, I went to, uh, I took my daughter to, uh, she's five and we're in a lot of, like homeschool groups. And so a group of them went and, and out in the forest and a river. And we were, I was, it was out, it was like 30 miles inland, you know, and I was out there sifting in the riverbed for shark teeth, you know, and I found like five or six shark teeth and, you know, there's alligators in the river and the kids are swimming and, you know, the parents are watching and it's just a blast, man. It's just a different way of life, but I'm, I'm loving it down here. That sounds cool. We didn't see any alligators, but you know they're there. <laughs> yeah, they have to be, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to come visit next year in Orlando. Uh, we'll see what happens. My wife wants to come. Instead of Vegas, she wants to go down to... Uh, coverings. Uh, coverings, yeah, in Florida. So yeah. we're going to see you guys next year. That'd be great. Then, uh, That'd be really good. For it. Yeah, and if you come visit us... You know, afterwards, some of the some of the people do that. They come, they they'll spend a few days before or afterwards. And I mean, we're right here in Sarasota. You know, twenty minutes from the ocean, um, world class, world class white sand. You know, just I've seen the pictures cool. of your backyard. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> My backyard is pretty nice. Yeah, it's just it's just a rental um, house. But the reason I chose this house was for that backyard for sure. Yeah, it's nice, man. It's nice yeah. to chill out. Yeah, that's why I chose to do it out here instead of sitting in the kitchen. Uh, I did have a tile, my tile backdrop. We, you know, we tiled the whole dang house, but uh, it's so, such a nice day and it's beautiful out here. And I figured maybe you guys would appreciate the trees and nice weather. We finally made it to summer. Hooray! I don't complain about the heat because I like it better than freezing. So I, I'd rather sweat my face off all day, you know. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, brother. Well, listen, we've been going on about forty-five minutes. I, you know, if you're if you're good to hang for another five ten minutes, uh, maybe we could talk about one more subject. Oh, yeah, sure. So the other thing we were going to talk about was um, we got two things, I think, left on the list. But I, I kind of like the idea of talking about firing clients. Oh, yeah. Favorite. Um, uh, so, okay, the first story, my first year of business, I was six months in. And uh, maybe even four months when I started to book this guy. Well, somebody had put a shower in his house, and uh, it started leaking, but not really. Just a tiny bit started molding, and uh, all the changes of plane were molding. And what was strange was the mold traveled up grout joints. Uh, it was 12 by 24s, three joints up. Uh, and it, you could see it. Like, it was almost climbing the walls. Like, I don't know what was wrong with the shower, but something was wrong with the shower. Um, uh and I think the floor was failing. It was pebbles, you know, but it hadn't leaked through the underside yet. But you know how that goes. Eventually, you just don't see the rot until the floor finally falls through. Mm-hmm. So I worked out a contract with this gentleman to uh, reinstall the shower. They wanted epoxy grout and a mitered niche and a bunch of other things. Pretty big shower. Uh, it was eight by six or something. Mm-hmm. Pretty huge, you know. And uh, 
we get all the way down the road, everything's good, I've got materialists, and it was an insurance job. They're basically blaming a large manufacturer for the failure of the shower. And I wrote a letter of recommendation to said manufacturer saying that I believed that this was why the shower failed also after inspecting it. And put in the bid, and it went through. They sent the check. They're like, fine, we'll cover it. No mm-hmm. problem. They sent the money, uh, for complete with materials, labor, everything. They were covering 100% of the cost. I write the contract. The client changes the contract once. And I said, you know, okay, I can add something. You can't write on the contract, though. You know? <laughs> and it went back and forth. And it, I said, okay, and how did this happen? The day the funds got transferred into my account from the insurance company, he knew what happened, and he hadn't signed my contract yet. He added three or four addendums onto my contract, then signed it and sent it to me. And I said, this isn't going to work. And he wanted to use my contractor pricing, the discount that I get for picking up and delivering everything, to pay for his trash removal. And he added all this at the last second. I'm telling you, he tried to take over the contract. Yeah. I rejected it. I immediately went to the bank, wired the money back to the manufacturer the same day, sent him a letter saying that I'm no longer fit for your project and you are free to hire other contractors. Mm-hmm. He, I know he was really mad, but I said, this has gone too far. I could yeah. see the nightmare unfolding oh, yeah. in front of my eyes. And, and I'd even, it didn't even come as far as they, you know, they gave me the money. Yeah. I sent it back. It's like, you're fired. It gave me a crappy review. And left it on there for a year, and then one year later, he said he was sorry about the bad review and something else and removed it. But I still have the person blocked. But I was like, okay, well, thanks, but, uh, you know, that still wasn't very nice of you. Right. <laughs> to take over my take over my business. And that goes back to it's Rare Square Chris Pearson owner. Right. Not homeowner owner. Right. So right. we have to play by our rules, but. It was just a weird one. Yeah, and then this... I already talked about the January that got postponed that I'm I'm probably going to pick up and do. Hopefully, I don't have to refund them, but they're pretty cool. I've talked to them on the phone. Mm-hmm. They just don't want to wait. I'm like, I can't help it. <laughs> so what you're saying is Rare Square is not Burger King. <laughs> it's not what? Burger King, where the customer well, yeah. is always right. Well, <laughs> you get it your way, but you might not always be correct. <laughs> You know, I, I, I love that story. It's a good reminder for everybody that you can fire clients and, and there's a way to do it professionally, like Chris just described. You know, there's a way to do it. And yes, you, you know, you're not going to make friends, but to be honest, if, if, I mean, that's a huge red flag. Somebody trying to adjust your contract and squeeze money out and then signing it without really asking and then just thinking you're going to sign it. You know, I, I, I'm like you. I see red flags. I see this is going to be a week, two weeks of hell, you know, whatever, working yeah. for this person because it's just like that's the kind of, you know, he's not going to stop. You know, that guy's not going to stop that trying to mess beginning. with you. If you let him, you know, it's like my dad always said, I give these kids an inch and they take a mile. <laughs> You're not lying about that, Thomas. I just seen a comment pop up. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I had a call from a guy just last week. Hey, I uh, got some tile. I got your number from such and such. Uh, ready to start it, and like, we'd like to get it done by Memorial Day. And I said, you mean next week? I said, yeah, that's not happening, guys. Even for a backsplash, I said, you gotta, it's going to be like a month, man. I'm totally booked, and I don't leave one job to do another one. Mm-hmm. I'm at a client's house. I'm at their house. That's where I work, and you wait in line. But Yeah. 
I love it. I love it. But no, yeah, I mean, it's just saying, you know, you can, you're allowed to fire a client. You're probably going to get a crappy review, um, uh, but I would suggest you do it really professionally and by the law. You know, I had not done one iota of work in that client's house at all. Mm-hmm. You know, the only thing I'd done was organize the payment from the insurance company, made all the materials lists, which he got for free. And I'd been to his house like four times, you know, uh, plans, everything. And all that time I spent, probably 12 hours or more, was for nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I think maybe after a year, the client realized that and took the bad review down. Like, you know, I spent a lot of time working with you. Yeah, that's nothing. crazy. That's crazy. Now, did you? Now, how did you handle that review? Did you? Did you respond to the review? Was it on Facebook or Google? Um, or? I did. Yeah. I responded, and I said that, that he. What did he say? He said something really. Uh, tried to be tongue in cheek about it. He said, "Rare, but not square," something <laughs> like that. One star, and I was like, "Hey, man, rude." You know. So I went in there, and uh, I just responded. I have not done any work in this client's home at all nor received any monies. And that was it. Yeah. You know, just kept it short and sweet. I'm not going to get in some stupid argument with a client online. I just kept it short and sweet, and then I blocked them. And a year later, they took the review down. I'm not saying everybody's going to take the review down. Most people probably wouldn't, no, you know, but... No. Uh, That's rare. That was rare. I just had to let it slide. Yeah. It's, it's, it's gone now, and I moved on, and I ended up working that entire month anyway. It didn't matter. You know, the work was still there. And you know what? And, and that's the perfect way to handle a, a bad review. In fact, if, if you guys get a bad review, don't freak out. It's like, like we were saying. respond to it. Well, you do. Yeah, you do need to respond. But don't freak out because if you respond in a professional manner, you know, and especially if the, if the person is, you know, you know, exaggerating or you never worked for them or whatever. But even if you did work for them and it went south, which is going to happen, um, if you respond in a professional manner and explain the situation, people will read that response and they'll respect you more. Like let's let's say you have three, four, five star reviews, uh, a couple two star, one star reviews. That's not going to really hurt you because the fact of the you know when you're shopping, think about it. When you're shopping, if you see five like five star review, five star review, you start to think like, man, this is this guy, you know, must, this person or this product must be perfect. And that's, and I know that's not true. So then your mind goes to, I think these reviews are fake. You know, I think he bought the reviews. So that's how people are thinking these days. Like you don't want to see necessarily a five-star contractor. You'd rather see like a 4.2 or even a 3.8 contractor because it's more realistic. It is kind of, yeah. Cause people think, well, they can't please everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't please everybody. <laughs> Pay more to get ahead on the schedule, huh? Hmm. I don't know. I haven't done that one yet. I don't know if that would work, though. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> well, I was going to talk to you about value, and the fact of the matter is I'll sum it up. Uh, Rare Square's value is in its reputation and in, in, in Chris's integrity. Uh, talking with you over the years, you're, you're a man of your word. You're, you're, you hold to what you say you're going to do, and you know you hold to your integrity, and that's the reputation you have and that's the reason why you continue to progress and progress and, and, and work in these homes because people, you know, that, that gets around, you know, that gets around and, um, people appreciate it. And, and, um, you know, that's, that's, that's how you show your value. And that doesn't come a lot of, a lot of, you know, the listeners of tile money and stuff might be really young in business. A lot of this takes some time. 
It, it really does. And if, if you stick to your word and you do what you say you're going to do, that's how you, that's how you express and, and display your value. And that's how you get to raise your prices over the years and get 100%. To, yeah. Yeah. I so. just laid a uh, fireplace for some folks that I put their kitchen floor in over a quarter inch Dura rock and a quarter by quarter trowel, no back butter. And I know that I shaved some of the backs of the tile. It's been in for about 14 years. The floor is still there. It doesn't have any crack grout joints and it's still fine. <laughs> And they recognized me. I was setting the showroom backsplash. It's been 14 years. Here they come in. Hey, Chris. And I'm like, oh, hi, you. <laughs> I remember doing tile for you. You know, it's been so long. And yeah. How's your floor? It's great. We want you to do our fireplace. So they just told the GC since I was already there, like, we want Chris to do it. That just recently happened. And nice. so it takes a long time to build up a reputation. I've been working for a lot of these people for forever. And they know me from friends of friends. It's West Virginia. The, yeah. But everywhere. The world's a small place. Especially for specialty guys, yeah. if you're specialty in your region, so I don't know. Try to stand out and definitely be true to your word, a million percent, man. Do what you say you're gonna do, and mm. don't rip people off. Customer service, blah blah blah. <laughs> I love it. That's a good way to end it. Blah blah blah. All right, Chris. <laughs> well, listen, I really appreciate it. Where can people find you on Instagram? And what are you yeah, on I'm TikTok on nowadays, or where are you at? I'm a Rare Square WV. On TikTok and Instagram, uh, Rare Square on Facebook. I don't have a YouTube yet. Maybe someday. But uh, I'm on Facebook and TikTok. And I'm not on Instagram very much. More Facebook and TikTok. And my website's uh, rarequare.net, done by Happy Tile Guy. I, I got that off Luke a while back. It's looking pretty good, but I got to yell at Grant. I need some I need some new pictures. <laughs> okay. Put up. But, yeah, uh, we'll awesome. help you out. Rarequare.net, that was? Yeah, www.rarequare.net is the website. Okay, and if people want to follow follow Chris on TikTok and Instagram, go show him some love at Rare Square WV. Yeah, and, and then the R. check well, out his well, website. <laughs> <laughs> check out Chris's website, rarequare.net, um, and you'll be able to see what a Happy Tile Guy website looks like. Yeah. All right, Chris. Well, you enjoy your evening. Thank you again so much for spending some time with us and sharing your knowledge. Oh, it was fun, man. Thanks for interviewing me. Absolutely, Didn't brother. I was worthy. Just old <laughs> crappy towel guy. <laughs> Don't say that, <laughs> Can't man. Can't wait to see everybody at Mud, man. You guys better get out there. Everybody get out there. I'm going to be out there. Uh, my pl- my flights are booked and the house is rented, so see you there. Yep. Eight, uh, 18th through the 20th, uh, Idaho Falls, Mud event, August. August 18th. All right, Chris. Hey, thanks, Luke. You're All right, man. brother. Enjoy your evening. Have a good weekend. All right, Tile Friends. Well, I thank you guys for being here and giving comments and questions. Uh, Thank you, Joseph. Good to see you on here, brother. Um, We'll talk to you next week. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. If you're just tuning in, you can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, iTunes. You can subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. Um, You know, all the podcast player apps. And uh, just look for tile money. Hey, everyone, please, please, please stay positive. I know things get weird in this life, but please stay positive. And remember, just like Chris said, you don't know how things are going to end up. So stay positive, tile friends. And above all else, please, please, please stay profitable, tile friends. Over and out. Talk to you next week.